2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, the first five verses. Then we're going in the Old Testament to the book of Psalms to read uh, Psalms 119 and 89. But first we're going to 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Calling your attention to the New King James Version. It says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready. In season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own de desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. I'm going to let you know something. You will have to endure afflictions as a child of God. Hallelujah. It's not like those TV preachers amen. tell you if you send them your last dollar, amen, you won't ever have no more problems. That's hogwash. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, he said, but you watch, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Then I'm going to call your attention to Psalms 119, verse 89. Forever. O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. By the help and the grace of God, I want to speak to you on a subject titled, The Unchangeable Truth of the Word. The Unchangeable Truth of the Word. Father God, as we come today, I thank you, God, for the privilege of being in this house I thank you, God, for those that have gathered here. I do not believe nobody's here by chance or happenstance. I believe you have directed every ear that's going to hear this word today, either in this building or through the, our, through the Internet and through the website. So I'm asking God for your direction. I'm asking for your anointing and guidance. Speak to each and every heart, and we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Let the church say, Amen. 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 You can be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The passage of Scripture in 2 Timothy that I just got through reading and using for the text, this is the same passage that I had to give my pledge to when I was ordained as a minister many years ago uh, at um, uh, Brother Billy Shoulders Church. In fact, the majority of all Christian denominations use this same passage when ordaining ministers uh, to minister uh, in the kingdom of God. Now, at the time the Apostle Paul was writing this letter to Timothy, who, by the way, was a younger minister that he had been training and teaching. He was uh, there, and Paul was giving him the guidance Paul himself was in prison in Rome waiting to be executed. Second Timothy is the last letter that we have of the Apostle Paul. 
he was waiting execution. He had already been tried. He had already been found guilty and condemned. And so he wrote this last word and this last letter to young Timothy. And it was time to hand and pass the torch over to someone else who would continue the same message that he had been preaching all his life. Within this commitment of dress to Timothy, there was a stern warning. There was a prophecy telling of a coming day when people would not love the truth any longer and would desire, Brother Paul, its teachings. They would no longer desire its teachings as they once did in the beginning years of the church. I'm here to tell you today that we are living in a time that now this prophecy is being fulfilled more and more every day. If you would only stop and take the time to look at the direction that many of the mainline churches, amen, are headed and evaluate the major teachings that is being proclaimed to the eager listeners, amen, you would see a church that is far removed from the church that we had just a mere one decade ago. Hallelujah. In fact... Many of the mainline churches are redefining themselves over and over again so rapidly that it's hard to keep up with all the changes that are being made. All this past week on a particular radio station that I listen to a lot during the daytime and even on the school bus that I drive, All this past week, I have listened to an advertisement on the radio where they was advertising a program that was fixing to be aired coming up in a few days. And in this radio program, they were going to have a few church leaders in the metropolitan Nashville area, amen, in this meeting. And there's going to be, there was going to be news media there and other different leaders. And what they're going to be discussing on the air, amen, is how that the church and also the preaching must change to reflect the evolving changes being made in society today. My, 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 hallelujah. Everyone seems to be saying, church, you must change to match the times. Preacher, you must not preach any longer the message of bygone days because that message is outdated, amen, and it's intolerant to the diverse beliefs, amen, of the world today, hallelujah. But I'm here to declare unto you today the unchangeable truth of the Word of God. Jesus said, I am the Lord thy God, I change not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Glory to God. I don't care what the world changes. I don't care what modern religion changes. Thus saith the Lord will never change. Glory. Everywhere you turn, church, you got to change. Everywhere I'm hearing, preacher, you 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 got to preach that same message that you preach now. I've been preaching for for well over forty years. You can't preach that no more. 
by the grace of God. I'm not, I'm not trying to be arrogant to you. I'm not trying to picture myself as a, as a know-it-all by no means. But by the grace of God, I stand before you today behind this sacred desk. I stand here in humility, love, and compassion. And I know that I'm preaching the same message that was preached by men whose company I'm not worthy to be counted in. Hallelujah. I'm talking about men like the Apostle Paul, Peter, and James, and John. Hallelujah. I'm still declaring that same message. I'm still declaring that same message that our founder, Elder S.L. Hale, who founded this church in 1948, it's the same message hallelujah and it ain't changed and the reason why it won't change is the unchangeable truth of the word of the believing God if you believe that give him glory hallelujah praise God what are you saying brother Pruitt I'm telling you this I will never allow the change to change me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's a lot of things this world needs. But it one thing it don't need. It don't need a fluctuating gospel. Hello, somebody. Amen. It does not need preachers. Amen. Who are willing Amen, to get up and preach people things that will make them feel good and will be good motivational things. Let me tell you something. Brother Bobby was talking in the Bible class this morning. Amen, the difference in the body and the soul. Hallelujah, I'm going to tell you. Amen, your body might need one thing, but what your soul needs is somebody to declare to you the unadulterated, unchangeable word of the living God that will keep you from going to hell and assure you a place on the streets of gold. I've been misunderstood. Hallelujah. That people's gotten angry. But I'm going to tell you something. The word of God will never change. You cannot separate the word from Jesus. Hallelujah. Because Jesus Christ, he was the word made flesh. Hallelujah. You see, the church can't change with the times because for this reason, she's founded on the truth. The church can't change with the times because it stands for principle. Truth cannot bend or reshape itself to suit the whims of people. If you desire to come to Christ, it is you who must change to line up to the word, not the other way around. If I want the Lord to be my Savior, and if I want to make heaven my home, I've 
I've got to change Sammy Pruitt according to the word. I can't expect the word to change to suit me. Hallelujah. Glory to God, I feel such a heavy. Oh, I feel such a heavy anointing right now upon me. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I want to talk to you a minute about contending for the faith. Hallelujah. I don't have to tell you this. Unless you live in a shell and you don't know what's going on in the world and society, you know we are living in an area that men are trying to tear down, destroy, and to restructure everything that we know to be right. We are living in the day that the Bible says that men are calling evil good and good evil. We need men and women in this hour willing to contend for the faith. Contend. You know what I'm going to talk about. Some of you out there, amen, amen, watch the boxing, amen. I, I, I'm not into it as much uh, as I used to be. I don't, then I did, this is just me, amen. It's just the ones I'm watching today just don't get my attention like Amen, Muhammad Ali and some of those in Rocky and some of those back in those days. Hallelujah. Amen. But these these men were contenders. They stood for something and they fought for something. And that's the same thing that I'm saying we've got to do today. The church needs men and women who's willing to stand and be a contender for the truth. In the book of Jude, 1 and 23. Hallelujah. And by the way, Jude, to give you a little background about him, Jude was one of Jesus' half-brothers. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is what Jude wrote. He said, Beloved. Now, when he uses that word beloved, that lets me know He's talking to the body of Christ. He's not talking to people in government or in the world because people in the world and people in government are not going to contend for the Word of God. He said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly Contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Hallelujah. I don't care where you go. You can go to a lot bigger churches. You, they got a lot more programs. They got everything going on. Imagine they got everything. All the, oh man, we can only dream about some of the programs that they have in some of these other places. But I'm going to tell you what. I'd rather be at a place that I know that they are contending for the truth. Lord, let me tell you something. I don't know about you. Amen. Amen. No reflection, brother. Amen. Amen. What about fiction say about about car salesmen and nothing like? 
like that. But we live in the world. Everywhere I go, I'm being lied to today. Hallelujah. Where I'm trying to buy a car, buy a house, or even buy a suit of clothes. Amen. Everybody, somebody said this morning, it's got something to sell. Amen. We are lied to by everybody everywhere. You for sure don't need to be lied to when you get to the house of God. You need somebody who will tell you what you need to do to go to heaven. I'm not in no popularity contest. That don't mean nothing to me. I could have took a different route a long time ago. Through my background and my family and the particular religion I was raised up in, there ain't no doubt in my mind. I could be pastoring a church today with 3,000 members or better. I know that to be a fact. But that's not what I'm in it about. I'm not in it for the crowd. I'm not in it for the money. God got a hold of my soul. Amen. At 14 years old. And he set me apart. I may be locked up by tomorrow. They may lock me up and throw the key away. But I'm going to declare, Brother Paul, the unchangeable truth of God's word, as long as there's breath in me, as long as there's life, hallelujah, I'm going to declare it because it is the only thing that people can have to have hope and have an eternal investment in heaven. Can somebody say amen? amen? So he said, contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. Although it's difficult to imagine, yet the problem of people forsaking the truth and following doctrines of men began to affect the church even in the first century before all the apostles died. So Jude had to say contend for the faith. Already back then there were people trying to bend it and reshape it. Those of us who have been entrusted with the truth are obligated to stand up and defend it against anyone who would seek to change or water down the message in order to make them feel good or make them more comfortable in their sins. Hallelujah. You know what I think? Well, what I, what I think, it, 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 I know it's, it's not worth a whole lot. It's what the Word of God says. I understand that. But, but they're looking for people today to be speakers, to make them feel good and make them more comfortable in their sins. The way that I, the way I view it, that if a homemonger can come into the house of God and me preach, and they leave without get, being uncomfortable. I've not done my job. If a liar or a thief or a drunker or a dope addict can come to one of the messages that I preach in. And they can go and they can stand there and they can leave without being uncomfortable. I'm not doing my job exactly right. Making people feel comfortable where they're at is not going to get them where they need to be. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. There is only one faith, and that's the faith that was first delivered to the church. The Bible says there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Nothing else has the power or the authority to save, heal, and deliver those in need. Hallelujah. None of the rest of it might sound good and it might look sexy. Hallelujah. But it ain't going to do one thing, Hallelujah, for your healing, for your deliverance. Amen. And for you making heaven your home. Can somebody say praise God? Hallelujah. Before we get down to right now, it's seducing spirits. Seducing spirits, that's the second point. The root of the problem that we're fighting against today is in a spirit, a spirit of deception that has been sent out by Satan in an attempt to seduce people and lead them away from the truth that can save their souls. The Bible has a lot to say about seducers who they are and how they affect the body of Christ. Listen to this, Pastor. This is being recorded. This will be put on our website. People can hear it again at a later date. But I'm telling you something. Some of the sins that is trying to reshape this nation and reshape the world, and it's one of the things that this radio program I was telling you about that's one of the things that they're dealing with about preachers got to change their preaching because of the changes in society. But let me tell you something today. There is a spirit. It's not just a sin, but there's a spirit behind homosexuality. You're not contending just with a sin, but you're contending with a spirit. There's a spirit behind homosexuality. There is a spirit behind the spread and the rise of Islam. Hallelujah. And all those Muslims in the world today, there's a spirit behind abortion, euthanasia, and all the so-called mercy killings going on. Hallelujah, said to me and David's being slaughtered in the mother's room. We are dealing with a spirit. All these things attempting to take over, change, and rule are fueled by seducing spirits. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Now the Spirit, now this is capitalized. This is talking about the Holy Spirit. This is talking about the Holy Ghost. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having our conscience sheared with a hot iron. My, my, my. Second Timothy 3 and 13. What's it say? But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. There's a whole lot of folks out there believing their own tales. Amen. You ever, you ever seen a liar who's, who lies so much they begin to believe their own lies? I've, I've met a few of those. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
The word seducer 